going on, everybody? Welcome to the Best Ball Dose podcast, your fix of best ball information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are back with another edition of the ADP Market Report, going to be checking in on this past week's biggest risers and fallers in terms of underdog ADP. However, before we get to that, there are a couple of major NFL news stories that we need to touch on. One very obvious and one surprisingly kind of going under the radar, but let's start with the big bombshell that dropped yesterday, the conclusion to the Deshaun Watson saga, which has ended in an 11-game suspension for Watson, including a $5 million fine. Finally, we, we have an answer. So what is your reaction to this from a fantasy perspective from a fantasy perspective I think that this takes Watson out of play on drafters for sure Mm -hmm. on a total points best ball site I don't want any Deshaun Watson I think this puts him firmly in play on tournament format sites such as underdog and DraftKings, where you could take a shot on deshaun watson as a qb3 get him for that stretch playoff run in weeks 15 through 17 he is slated to miss 11 games which would put him back on track to play in week 13 assuming that the nfl decides to reinstate him Uh, so we'll have to see if that happens when the time comes but i don't suspect that will be an issue I think that with this Watson situation though I mean it's comical how the NFL is basically a reality television show and they have him slated to return against the Houston Texans like yeah if you don't think that was done on purpose you need to get a grip on reality 11 games so so random right (laughs) so random And, oh, we just happened to be playing the Houston Texans in your first game back. What a coincidence. (laughs) Now, it's not a primetime game or anything, which would make it more interesting. It's a a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, that week 13, and the Browns have a week 9 bye, which is kind of why it worked out like that. And I've seen some people talk about how they gave him 11 games, so it will count towards, like, this year on his contract or something along those lines, which definitely has some credence, but nonetheless, the, the NFL is just funny for the I mean, bro, they, they, they knew exactly what they, they were doing. Hundred, like, bro, they were sitting in the media room like, all right, what punishment can we give that is a little bit harsher, but still brings us the most revenue? It makes yes. us look like we care about getting justice, but what will provide the ultimate entertainment value? And then somebody, the light went off in their head. They're like, I got it. (laughs) 11 game suspension. He comes back, plays in Houston week 13. It's a win-win. He gets five more games. He gets a $5 million fine, which I don't care who you are. If you have to write a check for $5 million and just give it away, you're going to be tight. I know I would. And we get the most entertainment value possible. And you know, when week 13 comes, that's all the storylines are going to be. That's all that's going to be pushed in the media on ESPN, NFL Network, Fox, CBS, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, like it's a win-win for the NFL. I wish that there was like a future betting market for the first game that Scott Hansen would transition to on Red Zone in week 13. 
Because if you don't think it's going to be Deshaun Watson's first snaps against the Houston Texans coming on that screen, bro, I don't know what to tell you. I'll personally be taking all bets if you want to personally DM me that that is the first game that we get a a, a close-up zoom in after the eight boxes are across the screen at 1 p.m. in week 13. 100%. Yeah, I, I don't know. There, There's so much to this story, like the NFL's PR statement about how much Deshaun Watson is willing to put in the work to make things right. And then, you know, at the same time across the country, he's maintaining his innocence. The whole thing was just messy, a little bit gross. But from a fantasy perspective, with five games for Deshaun Watson to play at the end of the season, like you said, I think he's out of play in total points formats. And I think that there is absolute value to be had depending on where his ADP settles for playoff sites like DraftKings and Underdog, he has a pretty good lineup. After that Texans game, he faces the Bengals in Week 14 to close out the regular season and then has a playoff run of the Baltimore Ravens, New Orleans Saints, both at home, and then a final game against the Commanders. I don't know, man. Like If if you're getting three QB1, higher-end QB1 performances out of those five games, he absolutely has value. There are some people who are saying that he doesn't make sense in any build because if you're taking three quarterbacks, you might as well take a third quarterback who can score points for the first 10 games, 11 games of the season. Then, you know, the other elite guys that you could consider in a two quarterback build with Watson have buys that make it not work except for Kyler. But even that is thin, just hoping that Kyler is going to be giving you absolute consistent points, especially when we consider that there is a new call of duty dropping before week 13. So we know that Kyler's points are going to drop off prior to Watson's return, especially if they're running double XP weekends. So it's just tough from from a two quarterback perspective i think that watson is a three quarterback build player in best ball on playoff sites strictly and we will see where his adp settles in over the next couple of days if he's going past quarterback 20 then i will be taking shots on him um you know uh, all morals aside yeah watson is currently going as the quarterback 25 on underdog at a current adp of 189.1 i will be drafting Watson there as uh, my quarterback three. And I know you mentioned with Kyler, and I think there's some other quarterbacks that you could do it with too if you want to get really, really fragile and just hope that the rest of your team smashes is Justin Fields and Jameis Winston. Obviously, that's probably not a good strategy, but you could you could get unique. And like I said, if you hit on every other single one of your positions and get that high-end QB1 coming back for that playoff stretch with a Justin Fields or Jameis Winston or Kyler Murray, I don't know, maybe, maybe you might have a little unique uh, banger team there, but it's definitely probably not optimal. No, probably not. All right, let's talk about the other major NFL news story, although it's not being treated like a major story, which makes me think that the insiders know something about Tom Brady that we don't. But this mysterious absence from Bucks camp that we are hearing nothing about the reasoning behind. I mean, it's to the point that I think that we have to address it. And yesterday, Todd Bowles, head coach of the Bucks, said that there's no definitive date for Tom Brady's return. He said, we'll see. We'll talk about it next week. I think if Bowles knew exactly when Tom Brady was coming back, he would say it just to ease the conversation. And the fact that he's not makes me think that maybe the team doesn't exactly know where Brady is at. I mean, do you have any speculation about what this could be? be about and i mean is there any legitimate concern that brady could be absent stretching into the regular season i don't think he'll be absent come regular season time i think that he's 45 years old he 
probably did want to retire at some point this year, right? Like he retired earlier in the year for a month or so. And I think those thoughts are still there and he wants to spend time with his family. He's been doing this for a long time. So I think it makes sense. Like, does he really need to be there at training camp and playing in preseason games? No, it's not really going to help him at this point in his career. So I could definitely understand why he's just taking this time before the actual NFL season grind starts where he's not going to be with his family a ton. Just wants to spend as much time with his wife and his kids as possible. So I think that's probably the most likely reason. But have you seen the theory that is kind of going viral on Twitter about why he also may not be there? I haven't. Inform me. So shout out to a couple of people on Twitter who have brought this up. I don't have their ads, but this is not my theory by any stretch. There is some speculation out there that Tom Brady is away from the Bucks because he is currently filming The Masked Singer. Do you know what The Masked Singer is? I do. Yes. Okay. For anybody that doesn't know, if you're listening, The Mass Singer is, I think, the biggest television show right now, and it airs on Fox. Fun fact, Tom Brady signed a 10-year, $375 million deal with Fox after he was retired earlier in the year to become their main NFL analyst once he's done playing football. And obviously, that was supposed to start this year. Plans changed, whatever. So there's the speculation that he made that prior commitment to being on The Mass Singer, which is filming, funny enough, right now Mm. and obviously the mass singer their identities are a secret they don't reveal who is going to be on the show until they get knocked out of the competition and a lot of celebrities and athletes go on that show gronk did antonio brown did joe buck who is the fox announcer went on in season seven um so there there's a lot of ties and there's a lot of connections and a lot of credence frankly, to this speculation, especially if he had to just fulfill this part of like his contract that he signed when he didn't think he would be playing football again. Wow, man. I See, I had not heard that, but that makes so much sense that I, I almost just want to believe that is as truth now. Like that makes all the sense in the world. And it also could have been not even part of his original contract, but maybe a concession when he was like, look, guys, um, sorry, I know I signed this deal, but I am going to go play for one more year. And they're like, all right, cool. But could you do something for us, you know, in return, be on our show? And he's yeah. like, all right, bet. <laughs> yeah. And, and just a shout out to this uh, thread on Reddit. Somebody posted. So there's a site that tells you the dates and those dates were July 24th to 29th, August 2nd to 9th, August 12th to 20th. The Bucks started training camp on July 27th, right? So it didn't line up. But they researched, they found out that not every contestant is on every episode mm-hmm. and that the filming for Brady's potential episodes would be August 12th through the 20th. What's the date today? The 19th. When did he leave um, camp? August 10th. All right, so if Brady returns to camp on Monday, then we'll know 100%. No, because if he makes it far enough, he will still have to film more episodes. Oh. It's all about if he gets knocked out or not. Okay, right. So if he's yeah. a good singer then? Yeah, so it says if Brady advanced out of this theoretical group of five contestants, he would need to film one more episode for the finale, but there's no way to know upfront if he would make it or not, leading to the indefinite return date. That checks out to me. I mean, that's a lot better than the working theory I had was just that 
you know, after debating retirement and choosing to come back, he realized that he didn't actually have the fire still and, and would prefer to just step away now rather than, you know, have like a final Peyton Manning-esque meltdown year. But I think Mass Singer makes a little more sense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brady's a competitor. There's no signs that he's falling off physically like Peyton Manning did, and he's he's going to play. I just think that it's one of the two reasons that I listed, and him being on the Mass Singer, I mean, is definitely well within the range of outcomes, especially when you take into consideration all the facts and the huge contract that he signed and. It makes a ton of sense, to be honest. Yeah, no, I I am on board with this theory. It's actually eased some of my concern around the Brady situation. So thank you for bringing that to me and, and to the other people, the people out there who have not heard that. Wasn't my theory, just to, just to put it out there. Was not my theory. No, but, you know, you're you're a phenomenal messenger, bro. Phenomenal. Let's transition into some of the biggest risers and fallers on underdog over the past week. In terms of risers, it's going to be a lot of the same guys that we talked about last week. Isaiah Pacheco, Brian Robinson, George Pickens, Damian Pierce, Romeo Dubes, to name some of the top five. And it makes sense. You know, these are the training camp winners, you know, the guys who have been steadily gaining hype and then have come out and shown in the preseason as well. So this makes complete sense to me and I find myself being in on more of these guys than not specifically Pacheco and Pickens are guys that I am buying the Brian Robinson and Damian Pierce situation are a little bit harder for me because while they are showing well and they're getting good reviews they still are you know on the surface running backs who are on bad offenses in committee situations and their prices are starting to get a little bit out there especially Damian Pierce creeping up to pick 104 he's up almost two full rounds will be a top 100 player sooner rather than later and Brian Robinson is also up two full rounds now going in the top 150 yeah I think from a process standpoint now with all these tournaments having been out for months you're competing with teams who drafted all of these players in the 200s just two months ago right a month ago even brian robinson was a borderline 200 overall player same with pacheco he wasn't even being drafted damian pierce was in the 180s so i think just from a process standpoint if you're drafting those guys now like you're just behind the curve you're you're buying them at their highest price and long term that's definitely negative ev in my opinion obviously if you don't have any shares and you want some exposure you're just gonna have to pay the price but nonetheless like all of these guys not working out is well within the range of outcomes you know all of these guys are getting hype in preseason against other second and third stringers where the nfl regular season comes around i could see brian robinson and Isaiah Pacheco, like, just in terms of probability, like, being non-factors for the entire season. Absolutely. W- without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, like, this dude Pacheco might not even score, like, 70 fantasy points this year. And now he's being drafted as a top 150 player just because of the of the smoke and uh, Chiefs training camp. Obviously, 70 points is pretty extreme, but, I mean, realistically, what's his projection? It's definitely not going to be great. But at the same time, though, we do have to adapt to the new information that we get. And I don't want to be fully hands off these players because other people got them at better prices. Because if we look back at the data, we know that the teams 
that are drafting closer to the start of the season with more information do score more points. Like the winner of uh, a total points contest that launched after the draft versus post draft, the te- the the tournaments after the draft, the winner is going to have more points because they just know more yeah. shit, you know. So like those teams are going to be better. So yeah, I'm not getting George Pickens at you know pick 150 anymore. I have to reach on him two rounds earlier. But at the same time, the guys that we're now taking in the 20th round, the shots on guys like Eno Benjamin, for example, who wasn't getting drafted, or you know Warren for the Steelers, who's only getting drafted now, is we're finding out that he's likely the number two behind Najee Harris for the Steelers. It's like those teams are still going to be different from the teams that got Pickens at a better value because now there are new values. And and it's just different. It's like, you know, I could have my George Pickens at pick 120 and then Jamison Crowder at pick 160. And maybe that was reverse a month ago, but you're still getting just different values on different players. So I think on, for that reason, it's still okay to take some shots at these guys. I wouldn't want to be taking huge stands on them, especially if I was heavy on them prior, because at that point, then I've already got my exposure. But if you maybe missed on them and, you know, weren't drafting George Pickens, I don't think that's a reason to be, you know, fully off of him now if you do believe he's going to have a good season. And the last thing I'll say is that there are still multiple best ball tournaments launching where previous values don't matter. We have two more yeah. rake free Pomeranians dropping on underdog in the next two weeks and a puppy four coming soon. So maybe, you know, fade these guys in BBM three or, you know, the drafters $20 if you're not trying to compete against teams that got them at better prices because you can still get them at an equal price on these mm-hmm. new tournaments coming soon. Yeah, no. I, I agree with everything that you said too. And I don't know, personally, I want to be drafting them at their ceilings, especially when you take into consideration team environment. Like if we're looking at the top five guys, which you listed, Pacheco, Brian Robinson, George Pickens, Zay Jones, Damian Pierce. Brian Robinson plays on Washington, potentially is the worst team in the NFC East. George Pickens plays on Pittsburgh, potentially the worst team in the AFC North. Jacksonville and Houston, potentially two of the worst teams in the NFL. And then when's the last time we've had a consistent Kansas City Chiefs running back in fantasy football? Kareem Hunt, four years ago? So... (laughs) I think so. So it's like when you're when you're just going into like team specific environments and where all of these guys are going now in drafts, I think that their ADPs are getting a little too rich for my liking. Obviously, you could still bet on talent with like George Pickens. I think he's a very talented wide receiver, but He's probably still behind Claypool and Deontay Johnson, and they have Friar Muth, and they have Najee Harris, and then they also have one of the worst quarterback situations in the NFL, in my opinion, and then Damian Pierce is... you know, on a, on a bad Houston Texans team. And Zay Jones is on a bad Jacksonville Jaguars team. And Brian Robinson is on a bad Washington football team in a, in a committee. So it's like, I, I don't know. what What is the probability that these guys actually make a meaningful impact on your team at their current ADPs? If you really sit down and think about it. Probably pretty goddamn minimal, to be honest. Let's talk about some of the guys who have fallen over the past week. Ronald Jones continues to fall as the majority of beat writers are projecting (laughs) him to get cut. I mean, it seems like a foregone conclusion now. We've already talked about it. Ronald Jones is pretty undraftable at this point. Zach Wilson, obvious reasons. It looks like Joe Flacco is going to be the starter week one as Wilson works his way back. No real need to cover Deshaun Watson. We already talked about that. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Deshaun Watson are both top five fallers. I think that that will reverse course, at least to some extent, over the next couple of days. And then players like, I mean, Kenny Galladay is falling. That's sort of in line with a recent podcast we did on a player that you changed your mind 
mind about. You were high on Kenny and you've come around to the fact that he may just not be good. Maybe he was a product of Matthew Stafford and he has fallen almost a full round over the past week. Yeah, I'm off Kenny. Uh, you can go back and listen to that pod that we dropped where we go into detail about Kenny Galladay. He's just bad vibes. Yeah, you know? no, he's, he's bad vibes. You know who else is bad vibes is Antonio Gibson, who has fallen eight spots over the past seven days. He is now going at pick 87.6, and it's still too high if you ask me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, 87.6 for Antonio Gibson, I think, is getting kind of low uh, just because we we know he's a talented player, but... Kind I mean, of the, the, f- the fumbling issues are legitimate, yeah. and he fumbled in the preseason, and and then you know proceeded to be getting you know benched during that game for Robinson. He came off the field during third down snaps for McKissick, even in the preseason, and then he was working with special teams. Which I mean, you're just why are you putting your star running back there if that's how you view him? It just seems yeah. like Gibson is just another head in the three headed backfield for this Washington yep. football team. Yep, this is a full blown running back by committee on a bad offense. And Antonio Gibson most likely is not going to even have the passing down role. That is going to be J.D. McKissick's role for the most part, in my opinion. So I will be fading Antonio Gibson once again. I've, I mean, I've faded him all offseason, as have you. And yeah, he's just bad vibes. Kenny Galladay is just bad vibes. And ultimately, we're here for positive vibes. And those two players just aren't positive vibes, man. So stay away from Kenny Galladay and Antonio Gibson if you want to have a chance at winning $2 million. Couldn't have said that better myself, and I think that that is going to be it for this edition of the Best Ball Dose. We'll be back on Monday with one of our favorite shows of the offseason, Our Guys. I can't wait to drop that, give you guys the key. The best player takes, the guys that you need to be taking in all of your drafts. Make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter. If you were not already, at Dose Media Net, as well as our personal Twitters. I am at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what is going on within the network, join our inner circle via the free Discord channel. The link to find that is in the show notes to this very podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Bye.